Okay, so um, today's daf is daf chet, and yesterday is she were talking about some of the people that were medayar sedeo. They get the animals, put them in a particular enclosure, and we said specifically that wasn't for the purpose of fertilization. That's just the way they wanted to keep them, because if it was a daf get fertilizing, that would be a problem to be a knas associated with it, as we said at the end of the last year. So then we saw the last we saw it was uh, the Gemara's now going to discuss it. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer If you recall, we said if you medayar one area, what you could do is take three of the three of the walls place on the other side. So effectively, it's like a square, you flip it over, hinging it over one side. And, then, and then, so up the animals fill that one enclosure, you're allowed to move them across to another. That was a maximum you were allowed to do according to Chachamim. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, actually, they can do four different enclosures of each of a Beitzel. So how would that work? Tana Rabbi Shimon Belazo Omer, Imratza toka et yated ba'aretz ba'arbesarim shol shmonat sa'in. So what we explained it yesterday is you effectively on, let's say on the bottom left-hand corner of the square, sticky out head, and that will be the point of every square. So at the end of the day, so let's say using an example, you flip it to the left then flip it down and flip it back to the right. So at the end, you'll have a configuration that looks very much like a window that you draw like on kids and children's drawings. So like a sort of four, a two by two sort of configuration. Okay. As it says, altogether. Okay, let's continue. So here we're now not talking about Tashmita, we're talking, we're discussing Yom Tov, Shabbos, Cholomoed as well. So it says, you're not allowed to medayer. Now, important medayerim here is you're actually taking the animals to a particular area for the purpose of fertilizing, okay, directly. So you're not allowed to do that on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Um, uh, means even if the person is, um, even it says, I'll read you Reb Chaim. He says, You're not allowed to even do it in your friend's field, even if you're not being paid, that would still be asur. What that means is, means, you've done me a favor, then I'll be doing you a favor another time. Okay. What does that mean? If the animals happen to have walked into this particular area, you're not allowed to place a shomer there to ensure the animals stay there. And also, means also move them around in the areas in order to do the fertilizing, even though that you're, that's again. However, if they happen to have come on their own, meaning you're not allowed to assist them. Now, by the way, it's in, it, to, to explain lena era tatson, we're going to see this later on, is you're encouraging them to walk around to get their digestive tract working in order to um, also to, to produce manure. Okay, that's, that's, that's important to understand what lena era tatson means, because it's not just simply moving around, which is like here in Masinotan. Um, so you know, here in Masinotan, Rabbi Rab- Chaim says, if the animals came on their own, you don't say stack like, encourage them to come into your like uh, coax them to come into your area. However, what are we talking about here? We're talking about if, if we've got an akum, a non-Jew, who happens to be a not not a disasphirion, but one of these workers that you have a three-month contract with, you pay him monthly or something like that. So we're talking about the schar, therefore, on Shabbat and Yontav would, would, would be what's called the havla'a, meaning if he does activity on Shabbat, it's not, or Yontav, you're not paying him directly to do it on Shabbat. It's just he's doing stuff as part of his being your worker for a long period of time. Then in that situation, he's allowed to, again, 
act as a shomer if the animals are there to ensure they stay there. And also, lener tatzon. Okay, I'll read your Chaim to make it clear. Ima akumetzos kir Shabbat, dahinu niskar la kola shavua biachad, or chodesh, shumutala sotimo malacha, gamma shavu. In that situation, ladu malacha on Shabbat yom tabim, de la sotimo bahavla amutar, because then you're not paying to do specific work on Shabbat. Rashai, then it's allowed, lo shiva ta akum, the akum can stand there as a shomer. You'll be able to do that. And also, the imbao malayhem, if the animals seem to come there on their own, then you're allowed to mesainotam encourage them to come to your field. However, Rabbi Shimon Megamliolma says, bishabbat medayarin. Betova. So he says um, on Shabbat, it says the Akum Medayim Betova means when it comes to non Jew, you're allowed to, even um, he's allowed to Medayim, meaning bring these animals to, uh, to fertilize the field, Betova on a favor, beyond Tov, but you're not allowed to pay him to do so, not a direct payment to do this activity on Shabbos. If it's Yom Tov, you're allowed to do so, Bimez or not, you're allowed to compensate him with food, like feed him for his uh, efforts, if you like, but not a schar. He said on Cholmoed, you're even allowed to pay him to do that. Okay. Um, uh, it's interesting here. Um, uh, we've got a fill of a schar. Um, uh, okay, don't worry about that now. Let's continue. Tani. Now, this is interesting. If someone has hired animals, now the important point about these animals, he's just hired them now to do work. It says, you're not allowed to coax them, encourage them around to move around to, to produce extra, like to end up relieving themselves around one's field. Now, why is that? That is because, um, I'll read you, it says, why is that? That's... Um, yeah, it says, Reb Chaim says, you're trying to do that in order to the, in, it, the animals produce. You've only rented these animals for the purpose of work. And therefore, if that you're trying to encourage the animals to relieve themselves during this time of work, then the owner of these animals from which you rented it from is going to lose out on the zevel. Meaning that which the animal might relieve itself naturally as it's working, fine. That, that's, that's part of the rental. But if you're trying to encourage this animal to relieve itself while it's in your possession, more, and, and under normal conditions, the animal would have, I don't know, waited or saved some for the rest of the, the by the end of the day, then you, that's, you didn't hire the animal for that purpose. You hired it for work, and that's not fair to the musket. You also see sometimes in Chutzlaretz, you see that they have these big bags hanging from their backs. And in order to, to pick it up, to not let it fall on the street, which means that they, they could, I mean, maybe that's also, maybe that's only from nowadays. Mm-hmm. But then, so, but you can't prevent an animal from doing his, what no, he needs to do. Correct. That, but that, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about preventing him, but we're talking about if it's specifically walking the animal back and forwards, back and forth, like encouraging him to, uh, to relieve itself. You'll see why this works in a minute. Son means only literally son. Uh, what kind of work does son do? Good question. So that's a good question. I don't know. It's, it sounds Reb Chaim understands this is talking about um, we're talking that we're doing it for malacha, but I, you're right. I don't know. You, you think you're talking about bakar or something like that, right? A good question. I don't know. Um, it's actually interesting because the Mara Fulda, I just saw this now, doesn't say it's malacha. It says, even if you've hired these animals to Lazabel Sadehu, you're not allowed to, says, in Rashayla Na'aram, you're not allowed to, I guess, coax them, encourage them to produce more than what would be normal. 
So that might fit in with your explanation, right? It's, it's a good question. I'm not sure what Malachi, if it's Tavkat Son, maybe they had different gears. I don't know. Uh, let's go. Uh, so the question is, uh, it says, um, it says, it says, it says, you're allowed to do. Haval, it says, this whole prohibition, if you like, um, is is only if it was for a short period of time, for a day. If you're hiring these animals for a month or something like that, then then there's no problem with you doing that every day because animal, animals, how long is this, how long is the food going to stay in their intestines for? However, the, the only time you're not allowed to again encourage it is that, or stimulate it, is only on Yom Acharon, only the last day. Okay, fine. Um, Okay, let's continue. Sorry. Rav Chuna B'Shem Rav Nachman. I just have to say about something. We'll see later. Rav Rav Chuna B'Shem Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov says, "Ahen da'azal le'letzorcha v'lo mitani yezel min ata la'ata u'mitani," meaning someone who has difficulty uh, is a bit blocked up. We're talking about a human being now, right? Uh, and and he can't relieve himself. What should he do? He should literally mitani. So yezel min ata la'ata. Go for walks. And that's going to help open up, open him up, right? Uh, and uh, it says, and so in other words, this fits in like, this helps us understand the sugi before, what it means in our role. Because again, we're stimulating, it gets the digestive tract moving if a person's walking around and that's how, that makes, makes sense in context with the Gemara we're just learning. The root of a chafirta is tavlamaya, is a good uh, diuretic, if you want to call it that, or something to, to, to um, help someone relieve themselves. Okay, let's continue. Now, we talked about before, if you recall, we talked about that you're not allowed to start making these dung heaps until the end of Avodah time. However, we just also said in the most recent Mishnah, if you have these animals filling up a sahar, you're allowed to take them out kederech in the same way we mentioned a Mishnah, which is three dung heaps each of 10 piles. Now, the question is, what's that Mishnah doing? Is that telling us that this is only after derech Avodah, exactly like we learned in the previous, like in the, in the beginning of the, the Perak? Or is this telling us because you're taking it from a sahar, it's clear that you're just trying to clear out the Sahar. So you might be able to do it like in the fashion described in Mishnah, even before Kedera, even before people have stopped fertilizing. That's a question of Yushalmi. So read it again. It says, mm-hmm. Is it already, already even prior to that? Because of the context, you'd be able to do it. And it's left as a question we don't have an answer. Okay, next halacha. Next Mishnah. The Mishnah says, what are we talking about? Here we've got someone might have a large natural rock within his, within his field. So it says you're not allowed to open up a machzev, which is a quarry, in the beginning of a field until you've had already, we'll explain it what it means, effectively a configuration of three by three by three rocks, 27 rocks. Now the question is, what is the requirement? In this mission of this quarry, what's the size? So, according to the the, the Reb Chaim, it says that the assumption is you have already quarried out this many rocks prior to Shemitah. 
In other words, because you've already taken out this many rocks, people understand you're not cleaning a field, you're extracting rock from a quarry. So therefore it's okay. The, um, the Bartanura, and I think here it's the, yes, the Barafulda holds like it. It means that no, it's not you've already done it, but rather over the surface of the field, it's exposed that much rock. That's the context in which you're allowed to take it. Okay, and there's another explanation. I think this is the Penemosha says, I think it's Penemosha, but there's another explanation anyway, that it's actually, no, we're not talking about what you've already quarried or how much is exposed. We're talking about the capacity of the quarry. How many, how much rock is there? Such when people see you're taking so much rock out, they realize that if you're, you're, you're extracting rock from a quarry and you're not trying to clear your field. Okay, those are three explanations. But um, yeah, there we go. So, uh, but you'll see later on, we're going to continue with Rukhain because it kind of makes sense a bit with Yerushalmi as we continue. Well, his explanation at least, of course. Let's continue. Yeah, what if you have a fence? So you have a Gede, you've got a fence and the fence has 10, 10 stones in it that have a Masoi of Shnaim Shnaim, meaning Masoi Shnaim Shnaim, the explanation of Rukhain says here, Shekola Chamehem Masoi Shnei Anashim. Meaning they are, they're to, they're, they've got at least 10 stones in it that are so heavy, you need two people to carry them. Now, we'll want to clear away this fence. And it says, if you're doing so, it's muchach, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the middle of Rechaim. It says, but when you're taking these stones, you're taking them for the stones, because it's Lutzorach Binyan. And then you're not doing so to, to, to um, fix a field. Therefore, provide you've got at least 10 of these big stones, you'll, you'll, you'll even be able to take even the small stones as well. Right? Because again, you're not going to have the consistent stones necessarily. Um, now, now it says, uh, then you'll be able to take the stones because it doesn't look like, again, you're clearing the field for, or for the purpose of improving the land. So, so shir geder, asrat fachim. How big is the geder? It has to be the geder talking about ten fachim. Pachot mikam, if it's less than that, now less than that can either be either the geder is not ten fachim high or you don't have 10 stones that are that significant size, then you can't clear it all away. So machtzev gomo ad pachot mina aretz tefach. You can cut it down Till late to uh, till the to to the um at pachot mina at tefach. I mean, you've got to leave a, a tefach at the bottom of the ground of stones still attached to the ground. You can't clear away all to, to, to the soil. Okay, but med vaymorim. When do we say this that you're limited in that way? That's mitoch shelot. That's when you're clearing these stones from the wall from your own field. Avon mitoch shachaveiro mashur rotzayitol. But when you're doing from your fence field, then what you whatever you want to take, you can take. Okay. Um, it, because the law, um, have, I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, Reb Chaim says, What's a rash? What's a spara here? Because if you're now trying to clear out the stones from your friend's field, it's clear you're taking the stones for your own purpose. You're not trying to improve a friend's field because like what, what, it's not your field. So therefore, Why it's isn't that my recipe? No, because it's not your field. You're going there to take stones from a wall and it's clear you're taking it for binya or, or other purposes. You're not doing, in other words, why would you be going to clear out someone else's field? You're a nice guy. So Maris Ayan depends on the individual who is suspicious. He understands, he knows the person well enough well, we, we, we've said that we said that previously. We, we said we before that we're not, we're not concerned for people from different cities. We saw that when the case of a Beit, we don't know if his fields are Beit Shlachim or Beit Baal. We said, no, the people of the town know, so that's fine. 
So again, the mass ion isn't like, uh, you know, hypothetical theoretical cases. This is again, understood by context. Okay, let's continue. That's provided that you didn't start clearing away this wall from Ereshvis. I'm talking about the wall specifically. But if it already started this activity before Shmita, and people can, again, people, it's uh, we know we're clearing away this wall, all the stones, and perhaps maybe for reconstructing it even, and we say then, there's no limits. Now, Gemara says, what are we talking about with these stones? Now, importantly, going to Reb Chaim, we're assuming these stones from the quarry, the original quarry that you're taking stuff out for, you've already taken, according to Reb Chaim, 27, and you've taken these already out from Arab Shmita. Now, the question is how these stones configured that people know that you're um, that this is this is an activity that started before Shmita. So is it Tlata Minim in Tesha, if we're talking about three by three by three, like a Rubik's cube, or is it Tisha's Manim Shel Tlata? We're talking about uh, nine rows of three, like a flat surface, if you like, uh, the Sheva. And that's if it is a question. Now let's continue. Tani Let's say there's a huge rock face that is bridging two different people's fields. Or and a friend already started opening it up. So you can already see this, this really makes sense for Abhain. They were talking about the, the requirement as he restarted quarrying from Arab Shmita. But anyway, let's continue. That and your friends already started quarrying it. You, however, didn't. It says, um, if he started doing Beheter, then it's Mutar. Then you can, because again, your side of it on your field, because of your, your friend already started quarrying out, people know that the stones in that location are a quarry, basically uh, being quarried, so there's no limitations. Vimata Reka, however, your friend already finished off before Shmita, his side of the rock, there's nothing left, then we say that it'd be Asr for you to then start doing it. Okay, let's continue. Oh, start doing doing Shmita. Let's continue. Get a shift for Asr Avanim. Now, for here, I want to share. This is a this is a bit more. Is it not more? But this is exciting because we take. We, this goes to Mishnah in Ohalot. Um, let's. I'll just share this screen. I, I'm not putting these pictures on the website because these are just scanned straight out of a sefer. This is from a really good sefer called Morat Chaim. They've got good good picture book pictures on Kalim, um, Kalim Ohalot and uh, Mikvod. That's what I've got. I'm not sure if they've done more than that. Um, but now, so let's have a look. Here we're talking about a ziz What's a ziz? Aziz here is like a projector sticking out of the front of a door. Now, normally for, um, for Tumat Ohel to spread, the covering itself has to be a poter tefach, at least a tefach wide. Okay? Again, we're talking about a corpse or a kazait menemeta even, I think. Certain parts of a met that have metameba ohel. Now, the question is, what if there's some tuma underneath this projection sticking out the, the front of the house? So what the, the interesting here, this ziz, this is done for decorative purposes. Well, that's one I'm saying it's a decorative, but um, uh, that, what does he say here? It doesn't say, anyway, um, that it doesn't have to be a full tefach. It can even be a kosher, even a small amount, because it combined with the face of the door underneath it. Okay? And it'll be tumma, meaning the tumma, if there's tumma inside the house and someone's underneath the ziv, they'll become tamma because the tumma spreads out. Right? It's considered like the same ohel. Okay. However, the Gizra of the Hagavlit, it has to be Potah Tefach. Now, the Reb Chaim explains this mission, what the difference is a Ziz and a Gizra, a bit like, it looks like the Shitra of the Sidra Torah and also Mishnah Rona. Where if, if it's a Ziz, meaning the Panav is facing downwards, then that Ziz is considered, if you like, part of the door. Whereas if it's a Gizra, if it's like this, so it's like the face is on the top part, so that sloping part is down, you can see the picture I'm talking about. I hope uh, people that are listening, um, it's like a wedge, if you like, so with the flat parts at the top. Okay, then, then that's when we say it has to be a full potter tefach. Now, what's the difference? 
He says, um, Reb Chaim says that when it comes to this one, since it's done for noy, it's considered as if it's part of, if like it's, it's considered good enough to lamshich at to continue the spread of the tumor. However, Gizara Guva Givlet Elunami Otsimenakole, Elashena Masu and Lanoi. These other projections come out of the wall, but they're not considered Lanoi. Why Mibnesha Kora? And so that, that, the picture I've shown you is, a, a, is, a, is the um, Gizra and a Gavlet. By the way, the Gavlet, he says, looks, his explanation is a bit like, um, a bit like one of these two, Lefer Perishosh or Sidra Torah. He says it's actually more like a curve, like a round thing, a Hatsi Agul. Okay. Which is you can imagine like these two pictures. If it's like this or like that, then it's not. Then it needs a potach tefach. Okay, that's a, that's a mission in in, in um, Tara. Um, it was interesting here because um, the, the the in the picture book here it says according to the Sidre Tara, it's because it's one is magen. It's like a, almost like a rain cover type of thing. It's magen with other ones, not necessarily. But sarakarcha magen mifnei agishamim the gizra is um, it, it doesn't actually serve the house at all. This is functional. It's like a, like a rain cover, and this is a, it's just like another projection. Um, that's why it's uh, that why that why that's that's why the one on the right can be less than a tefach. Another one has to be a tefach. Okay. In any event, where are we going with this? It says Oh no, we have to finish the Mishnah to appreciate. Now, now let's continue um, before we can actually continue the Gemara. The Mishnah itself continues. When does a ziz Which is a chiddush, because again, normally it's, you need a tefach. That's bezishu tefach as long as it's gavom shalosh nidbachim, three nidbachim. In other words, it has to be within three nidbachim. We don't know what three nidbachim is yet from the from the from the opening. So it's above the door within three nidbachim, three like stone walls. A nidbach is a stone wall, literally. And which is which is shem So from here we learn what we learn that a nidbach is how many tvachim four, okay? Because twelve dollar three is four, okay? Yatemi can more than a mevi atatuma brings it to poteach tefa. Wow, I just realized how late we are. Sorry, um, but, but listen, if it's far higher than you need a full poteach tefa. So now we say had an amount had a had a amrazeshu who mekabel nidbach mechavrot zrich lasol la arba tvachim kdeim akol. Now we understand that if someone's makeable to make to make, make a nidbach from for his friend, a nidbach is simply a stone wall that's not cemented together, then you have to make it four tvachim because from this mission we learn that three nidbachim is twelve tvachim. Okay, twelve uh, twelve tvachim. Yes. Amrabi Yosem Menita Amrakein. What about our Mishnah? But me Amru Beziz Haziz Mevietatuma Bekol Shehu Beziz Shehu Gavom Mina 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 Petach Shlosh Nidbachim Shem Shnei Masrat Tefach. And that we derive from the Mishnah like I'd already explained. So now it says, So why did the Mishnah have to tell us Nidbachim in this Mishnah? It could have said 12 Tfachim above. That's to teach us this din that the Shir Nidbach is, as we said, four Tfachim. Now, it says, one second, how does this, this Shirin fit in with our Shirin? Because it says, it says, it says, how does it work with ours? We've got a fence that's made of stone, correct? Because it's, we're talking about a stone wall, and a stone wall is a nidbachim. Okay? How do we get to 10 fachim? It doesn't make sense. If we're talking about our wall is two nidbachim high, then it would be shmonat fachim. If it's about three nidbachim, 
then what I have would be 12. So how do if if the, the unit of measure for stone walls are in lots of four, how does that mission get to the shear of ten tfachim? It doesn't make it doesn't seem to make mm. sense. So we say, so Amr Abiyosi, Chazi, go go out and see the what tefach lesitut mikan the chazi sorry chazi tefach lesitut mikan the chazi tefach lesitut mikan the chen the chen the chavrei means asholon micham shel eser tefachim. What that means is, is what you're taking is you're taking chazi tefach mikan the chetzach mitechavitchan. According to Reb Chaim, what it means is the top. In other words, the top row. You're taking a half a techa from the top and the bottom to give it a smooth layout. And same on the same on the bottom, you're also taking out the row, you're taking a chetzi tefach. So the 12 minus four halves gets you to 10. And a simpler understanding might be maybe from Marafulda, because he says if you're making rows, when the, the mesatet, the stone cutter, when he wants to make the surfaces nice to rest on one another, the interfaces he takes of a half tefach to make it nice and smooth. Okay, so therefore, a half michan michafitamin means between the top row and the bottom row, we're taking a half tefach off each. And between the, the middle row and the bottom row, we're also taking a half a tefach from each. And that's how you subtracting our two tefachim to get to 10. That's the way my folder explains it. Okay, sorry, let's pick up now. Michan, pachot michan, as we said, if it's less than that, less than 10 tefachim, as we says. It's not a getter, it's not a machsev, you can't call it a fence, you can't call it a quarry, and therefore, as we said, you have to leave a small tefach at the base. Let's continue. Now, you see, I'm changing lots of words here. So the question is, what's the person's intention when he's taking out these bricks? Is it to... He needs a bricks and he also wants to clean up his field. But because you're doing, you want the bricks, it's with it, 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 therefore it's uh, it's like it's, it's okay. I'll read a quote from Chaim. Because your ikar is malacha, then it makes it okay. But if you have no kavana whatsoever, you're not interested in fixing your field, then you're not limited. I feel I feel your term you can't. You, you'll even even if there's say um, even if there's less than um, ten tefachim high wall, you'll be able to go chotseva lamata. You're not limited by these uh, parameters for setting our mishnah. So uh, so that's that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda is much more makil. Rabbi Yehuda is makil by saying that the whole restrictions is if you're also mitkaven for your, you you want the field to be nice, but because you want the bricks for building, that's matir this uh, kavana. Uh, but that's there's a limit to it. However, if you have no intentions whatsoever for the field, then you can take, clear the whole thing out. It's not a problem. Um, so, uh, however, even if even if it's not ten tefachim high, even if you don't have the the the, the ten bricks that are, that, are, that that take two people to carry, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says no. Beri remembers man shalonit kavanet tikkun sadehu. He says no. The restrictions is if you have no kavanah for your field. If you want, if you're doing this to fix a field, forget it. Even if um, it doesn't make a difference, you would be able to do it. Uh, Reb Chaim explains his lashon here because it's a bit funny because he says pachot. It says you're not allowed to take the getter at all. And he says In other words, it might be. He says it might be easier to understand if you say your termi can be asur. But um, but let's just continue because it's a bit short on time. Amra Bibi Hori Rabbiase Kudun Tanya Lakula Rabbi had a teaching that seemed to be like shit Rabbi Huda Lakula. Okay, let's continue. Avanim Shizua Machreshaf. We talk about we have stones that they're the type of stones that a plow would pull out of the ground. Oshia Machosut, or they were Machosot, they were covered over and Nitgalu, and now they're exposed. 
we say, if there are even just two stones that require two people to carry, then you could take these stones. Meaning not just the stones, but even, even the other ones along near it as well, even the small ones. Meaning, agav, the two, you could take lots more. That's what Rechaim explains. If someone just has small pebbles around the field and is trying to clear it, that's going to be a problem. Then you can't clear out all the small stones because now it clearly looks like you're preparing the clearing, clearing the field. But so therefore, you could only take the top level. We learned this before and leave the ones that are connected, still attached to the ground. Also a pile of pebbles or a pile of stones. Same type of law. Not until they're not, you can just only take the top. Or leave those ones connected to the still the ground. However, if underneath the stones, you have a rock face, or you have cash straw, then there's no problem even taking all the pebbles that are there. Why? You can take it all because then it's clearly, you're not clearing that space for planting because that which is underneath the stones is you can't plant on it anyway. Okay, Gemara. What the, uh, the, the, um, when, when the Mishnah says the stones that the plow has pulled out of the ground, it doesn't mean that Davka, those ones that pulled out of the ground, but even those ones that are near the surface, that if there was a plow there that would pull out of the ground, that would also be okay, provided again that there were two that were the significantly large, and then you can take other ones as well. So Amra Biosi Matnita Amra Ken, the Mishnah says that Im Meaning, Harish Gesh Khan. So uh, Reb Chaim, he says um, that uh, even if it hasn't even pulled them out, but there are ah, that those that are there that would pull it out, um, then that would also be okay. Because he has a different gears on this to see how I'm a mita amrakan. Because it's mita amrakan avanim mezazatan. The plow would mezazatan. Mazazatan is, 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 is a lash on that it has not has yet to do so. Okay, let's continue. Rabbi Yaakov Abu Mishem Rabbi Shimon Melakish, Zoto Mercha Asulil Kotsro Mitoch Sadechabero, Dimenakesh, Via Asvin Elahun. What this means is as follows. Now, we have to kind of read Rukhaim here. He says that, that oh, oh, actually, we could do the Marafulda. He says, why can't you take the whole lot? If it looks like you're, you're wanting to plant in that area, that you're not on being there. Why do you take them to finish in time? Why are you leaving there? Why are they there, the stones? That if he's taking out some of these weeds and the like that are growing from this amongst the uh, amongst his rain, who many ham You're going to place them on top of that gal of stones. In other words, the, the question is, what's the point of this uh, surface of stones anyway? And the understanding is, why does he have them in the field? Because that provides him a surface on which he can start resting and placing some of the weeds and the like that he's pulled out. And it's a surface on, under which nothing's going to grow because it's covered in, like it's a pebble pebble layer. So therefore, that's what the zoto, zoto merit is, that you cannot You're not allowed to go to someone else's field and start taking pebbles. You might think, what's the big deal? What are pebbles? It isn't in the way. And the understanding is, is that no, because even area regions that are covered in pebble have a functional purpose for the balabite, therefore you cannot take them from him. That's about the harim betrashi mutar but uh, the Tivo Chashavli. 
So that restriction is only in a Bika where there's very few stones. But if you talk about Harim or Trashim, or these are like a mountainous regions that have lots of rocks, then you're, you're allowed to take some of the stones because that would be assisting him. Okay. In other words, there's no longer a functional, uh, functional purpose of having a small little stones because there's stones everywhere. Let's continue. Next Mishnah. Now here we're talking about sort of like ravines, if you like, small areas where water collects within a field. So on Erev Shemitah, you're not allowed to start building Madrigot. So on the descent to that area, what they would do in preparation for irrigation, they would actually build steps so they could go down and do that. Now on Erev Shemitah, you're not allowed to build those steps. Why? Because it looks like you're doing so to prepare for Avodat HaKerem, for irrigation and doing stuff during the Shemitah year. On Shemitah itself, once the rainy season ends, you're allowed to start doing that. Why? Because it's clear what you're doing is you're doing so for the preparation of Motzei Shvit. However, you're not allowed to cement it. Now, there's two explanations here. Chaim says we're still talking about the staircase, meaning you simply place one brick on top of the other without cementing it down. However, according to the, uh, the, the uh, Batanura, and I think the, the Marafulis brings this as well, we're talking about something completely different here. We're talking about if you're going to buy, the, buy where the water is, you're going to place uh, put, so like a bit of a blockage there. You're allowed to do so but with a stack of bricks, but not cement them in properly substantially, because then it looks like you're already doing activities for irrigation. Those are two explanations what it means, heights. Let's continue. However, when you're building this staircase, call Evan Tinatel. When you're building the staircase, any stone that is within arm's reach, you can take it. However, if you're going to start going around the field picking up stones, then it starts looking like you're uh, preparing the field now. So that wouldn't be good. Um, let's continue. Reb Krispa, B'Shem, this is Gemara. B'Shem Reb Yochanan, Hanan ibn Gamliel says, B'Isu Shnei Prakim Hu Matnita. Meaning, you have to remember, there was a important point in history when it began the Gemara, when the nature of Tosefet Shvit changed. Normally, it went from Pesach and Shavuot onwards, depending on the, if it's a, a field or a vineyard or, or orchard. However, Raman Gamliel came along and he says that what? Uh, that the, the, he, made the, he said, you can allow, to, there's no Tosef is allowed to plant all the, plow all the way up to Rosh Hashanah. What the Gemara is saying here now is this whole uh, description of what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do with the, with the staircase, that's talking about the times of the Isusne Prakim, the time in the original time when Tosef Shvi was also these, these periods. Tanis, we see quite clearly because Rabbi Huda Bremenichem Ostrim, Rabbi Huda Bremenichem says it's Asur on Shmita to start making this staircase in preparation for Motzei Shvi. And it says that only Hegyoni, that only seems to make sense, Lobi Isusne Prakim, Vacholbi Isusne Prakim. Why would they say it's Asur to start making the staircase on Shemitah? Because we have Tosefet Shvit after Shemitah. So therefore, it looks like you're preparing to do activities for Motzei Shvit. So you see that it must be talking about the time when there was issues of Tosefet Shvit on, on, on either side. Okay. However, the Gemara says, Reb Shammai Bai, Im Shmakim Tanin not Asur. He says, if that's the case, um, here it says, He says, but I understand. If we're talking about Shnei Prakim, where it's got issues of Tosefesh then how can the Chachamim allow you then to start making this staircase on Shemitah? Isn't it then preparing for Motzei which would still be asked to do activities because of Tosefesh Ele must be talking about Heter Shnei Prakim. It must be talking about after the Heter of Shnei Prakim. And that's why the Chachamim allow it. So is the imbehetter shnei prakim? You know what? Uh, we're already over time. I'll take it from here next time. Uh, we'll go over this little bit of chazara. 
And um, yeah, sorry, I got a bit, uh, went a bit too slow in the beginning. It's been a bit of a time. All right, Colter, everyone, have a good day. Oh, yeah, thank you.